This is episode 153, The Art of Manifestation with Michelle Hutchins. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today. Happy Friday, wherever you happen to be. I hope this episode finds you well. Today we're talking about the art of manifestation and I have a beautiful quote by Joseph Murphy, a PhD. He's a doctor, an author, and it says, the law of life is the law of belief. A belief is the thought in your mind. Do not believe in things that harm or hurt you. Believe in the power of your subconscious to heal, inspire, strengthen, and prosper you. According to your belief, it is done to you. This is a very powerful quote to me because today we're talking, like I said, about manifestation, the art of manifestation. One of my great friends, Michelle Hutchins, and I'll introduce her to you in just a little bit. But, you know, today is such an important day because we live in a world we are filled with distractions. So I wanted to have a powerful conversation on manifestation, on the art of really focusing on what you want in life bringing it to reality through constant action, through deliberate thought, and the importance of managing our minds. You know, I think that's so important. You know, today my guest, Michelle, is a great friend of mine. She, We've known each other for about over 10 years of time of this episode, but she's an accomplished artist. She lives here in Arizona and with over 30 years of experience as both a fine art uh, artist and a commercial graphic design artist. Michelle has also owned and operated several businesses, and she's received a number of awards, such as the Addy Award uh, for her design work, as well as awards for excellence in the graphic design arts community. She's an entrepreneur, a powerful soul, and a great friend of mine that I wanted to share with you on this ever-important topic for our lives. If you want to follow Michelle, uh, she's also an artist coach. You know, She coaches, mentors, up-and-coming artists to help them manifest their career, to create uh, their business, and to help them basically get, get their career going. You know, Michelle's a very experienced artist and coach in that regard. So you can get in touch with her at gallerymichelle.art. That's spelled G-A-L-L-E-R-Y-M-I-C-H-E-L-E dot A-R-T. And she's got some amazing art on there as well from herself and some other artists in her gallery. Very, very inspiring. I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you guys. It's, you know, such a cool topic to talk about. We could probably spend another five hours on this stuff at least. But I chose this because Michelle and I have known each other, like I said, for a long time. And we always find ourselves in this kind of conversation. Every time I hang out with her, you know, we're always talking about manifestation, you know, bringing things to reality, bringing our ideas. She's very creative. And we always just have these amazing conversations about, you know, what we could create together and what, what are out there, what's out there, what's possible, what could we innovate, you know? So it's really fun. I was like, you know, we need to bring this to the podcast. Uh, Michelle's an avid reader and she believes in manifesting, practicing the law of attraction. She's been very successful in her life. Uh, so my goal with this interview is to inspire you with your own confidence that you too can bring anything you want into your life through consistent belief and action. So 
Super stoked to have you guys join us in this conversation. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and share it with one person in your life that needs to hear this today. As always, you can tag me with your biggest breakthroughs on Instagram, Facebook. I'm at Tutor Alexander Official. Let me know. I'm always curious to hear what makes the biggest difference in your life because that's all that matters. And with that, let's go hang out with Michelle and talk about the art of manifestation. intro <laughs> yeah isn't that awesome i am pumped michelle what's up Not we've much. been friends for like i know how long has this like, been? been 10 years 10 years at least at least 10 years yeah and we've been always throwing entrepreneurial ideas exactly we have we had like different inventions we all had you know that uh what else do we do oh my gosh different inventions um You've you've had quite the journey in your own entrepreneurial, creative slash artist <laughs> yes. field. I mean, uh, gosh, you've been. Tell them a little bit about your journey as an artist. Oh my gosh, my journey starts many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it all started when I left corporate job to start my a mural painting business hmm. back in two thousand and three. And what were you doing in corporate? I was working for a marketing company as an art director and gotcha. it was rough and the people were rough and, um, not so kind. Hmm. And I figured out at that time, I was like, there's gotta be something better than this every day. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, and you were an artist at that point, right? Like you were yeah, already, I was, you I was were already, already doing art. Yeah. I, uh, got my BFA from a university and I was actually taking, um, had started a master's in marketing and have a half of a marketing master's. And then eventually I started doing master's classes in fine art. And so I have a half of, <laughs> so I didn't finish either of my master's cause I got to a point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing that for either. Mm. So it was like going through all these things where I was like, I didn't know what I was doing that for. I was kept asking myself, what am I putting myself through all this for? Is it going to really serve me in the end? And actually... Yeah, like what's the bottom line? Like where? what is the actual purpose to what I'm doing? Right. And I started out in fine art um, when I was a young kid and went, you know, in high school, did competitions and things like that. And it just, I felt like my calling to art started at that time. And then I went through some life experiences in college that, that kind of sabotaged it. And I had to go away from it for a while and create a new perspective on who I was and what I was doing. And that journey led me to becoming a graphic designer. Mm. (laughs) And so I studied graphic design. Then I went back to school and got a visual communications degree. So besides having a four-year BFA. I've got a visual communications background too. And so with all of this accumulated knowledge, um, when I went into the workforce, I couldn't find a job. Like I went on like 30 some interviews and 
was not finding a job that I wanted and deserved. And um, then I took a break for a while and did some secretary stuff. And then finally was like, you know, I really have to get back to who I am as an artist. I keep kept going and coming back, going and coming back. And um, so my journey led me to this guy in a small little town, Fort Wayne, Indiana, who hired me. And I ended up working there for six months, learned everything I could um, computer-wise, and then uh, started looking for a better job again because mm-hmm. it obviously wasn't paying enough. And so that's the hard part about art and what we do for a living as artists is is there's this belief that we can't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, that belief Even with is anything so too, I think ingrained. Like with services of any kind that are non-traditional, like let's say you want to be a coach of some kind or right. you want to provide some massage services on your own and not be working at a franchise. Like exactly anything that you're passionate about, I think at first it's like, man, can I actually make money with this? Like, right. That was my idea too. I mean, I remember when I first, uh, you know, was debating kind of going off on my own and starting my own business, doing what I do, you know, with coaching and you know, dancing and stuff. And it's like, man, can I, <laughs> can I make, would people pay me for this? Right. <laughs> I think we all have a fear of that. How did you, I mean, when you got that mural job, that first job, I remember that was lucrative for you, right? Like that was a good job. Well, I was still working at the, I made a plan. I made a pact with myself that I was going to quit my job in six months. Mm. And I... Not having a plan whatsoever. Like basically you just said, Oh no, I had a plan. Oh, you had a plan. I okay. had a plan. <laughs> you have to have a plan. Yeah. You have to have it in... Because I've done that too. I said, I'm going to quit this job no matter what. And yeah. if the plan comes, then... It'll come, but if not, then... <laughs> yeah, I made a plan. I made a pact with myself. Uh, I was at a point where it was like the only road was to jump ship. <laughs> and and so... Why I had... was that? Like, what, what, what about... I mean, everybody's response is different. I think we all kind of are... Like, especially if you're entrepreneurial and stuff, you want to be independent. You want to have autonomy. But what was it for you? Like, what, what drove you over the edge? Was it not having control of your time? Was it... <sighs> feeling constrained in how you express yourself like what exactly was it for you um i think it was the people that i was working for the people that you were working for so like the interpersonal drama or kind of you know control and all that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. and i think that um uh, that's a whole nother story (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i wasn't i was butting heads with the creative director Mm. that i was working with And, um, he was making my life difficult. And so, um, the president of the company at the time wanted me to stay, but this person, this other person and I just were not connecting. Um, and I need to connect like more on a soul level with people. Um, I think to make things work for me personally, and that relationship was just not connecting. And so, um, and there were some other things, uh, other factors involved in that too. Um, and I had an other interesting thing about that is, is for years prior to that, I had been collecting information on how to start your own business. I had always had an entrepreneurial, like something in the background, in the back of my head. Um, 
had met a friend who was doing murals and doing finishes in people's homes and she was making really good money doing it. And I was like, uh, maybe I could do that. Mm. And so I went ahead and started getting clients, um, and gave myself six months to get enough clients built up so they could leave my job because I was in a non-compete with my graphics. So I was kind of stuck in a 40 mile radius in the, the city that I was in. 40 miles that you couldn't, that was non-compete. Couldn't work within wow. 40 miles. That's, that's a really restrictive non-compete. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was I ended up getting with a company an hour outside of where I was living at the time uh, as the competitor of what I was doing for the marketing company. <laughs> and I got a job really fast. And I started doing graphics. I started a graphics business at the same time I started the mural business. Gotcha. So that way I had income coming in from both sides. Mm -hmm. And then I figured whatever got busier, I'll just keep doing. But then they both just kept getting busier and busier. So I ended up having to hire people to help me with graphics and hire people and help me with uh, the mural painting. It was an interesting time in my life and... Uh, I learned a lot from that whole process. One of the things that really helped me through the whole thing was a book called The Game of Life by Florence Shovelshin. Hmm. Um, she was my first real uh, metaphysical teacher. Okay. Uh, and she's got four books um, condensed into one big book. If you can get all the uh, all of the books... It's the game of life and how to play it. The word is your wand, the secret door to success, and the power of the spoken word. This one, this book you were reading while while you were starting those new businesses. Yes. What do you, What do you think was your biggest takeaway from that? Oh my gosh! In that, in that whole time, it was the power of the spoken word and how you can manifest whatever you want. Hmm. And you have kind of like how I did it was. I started with basically nothing. I had a, I had two zero debt businesses and within five years I was, well, less than five years. I was over, I was making $10,000 a month Wow! and then I was, um, looking for space and then, uh, life happened and I moved from the Midwest to Arizona hmm. basically. And, um, had to change, had to start all over again. Um, but back to that manifestation period was I would write down kind of my goal, like what I like financially wanted. And then I would use those manifestation techniques in the book. And then all of a sudden it would just start coming in without any, um, I mean, there's some effort there. You have to act on your desire in order for it to manifest. But I think once you're in the flow of the manifestation process, I think that there's no limit to what you can do with that. Hmm. When you, once you start, if, and you also have to have some kind of service to be able to do that. Like something that you're offering, contributing, basically. Something that you're contributing to Mm, people. That's attached to your desire or basically your goal. Like your goal is like, it's, for example, it's going to be a lot easier or better, I should say, to say, I want to contribute my services in a certain way. I want to create this thing that will contribute to society versus 
putting a picture up of a Mercedes and kind of just right. you know, hoping that it'll <laughs> come into your life. Right, right. Because right. those, I mean, those, those Mercedes, if you're painting a mural, if it's a Mercedes, yeah, they're gonna come it's going to look really good. Yeah. And then they're going to tell their friends and they're going to tell their friends. And then you're all of a sudden you have all these jobs. And um, I never advertised. Well, yeah. What do you think made you so successful? I mean, in general, like you're very successful. So obviously we all have periods of up and down, but especially with something like art or something like, you know, a service of some kind where it's a non-traditional quote unquote career path. How, what do you think, especially let's say in this period, since we're talking about it, this particular period, your early period as an artist, what made you successful? Because let's say, you know, there's maybe hundreds of other examples where people don't make it right, or they struggle for a while. And it's like, what do you feel that was, a, what were you doing specifically? I mean, obviously we've kind of talked about the book a little bit and how you kind of were doing manifestation exercises, writing down, being very intentional right, with your words. But uh, what do you think was different about I think partly what, what makes stood made me stand out is it was all about the service. Mm. It was all about the service and and making sure that the client was utmost like they were like so happy that that the work just also that it was a gift kind of artistically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh gifting them this art it wasn't about me at all. I took myself out of the equation and made it all about them because a there it is for them. This is what they're asking for. Um, unless they turn it over to me and say, here, I'm giving you carte blanche. You can do whatever you want, which doesn't happen doesn't very happen, often. Yeah, very often. Not in a Especially person. if it's a high level project, they're going to have some attachment to, yeah. to how it should be done. Yeah. And so um, a lot of those pieces I felt, was at the time was like, wow, I'm getting paid to practice. Mm. And, and some of these jobs were just incredible. Like yeah, and you could three that, year long jobs. I love that. What you said about I'm getting paid to practice because it's like, I think, and this again goes to really anybody listening who's doing any kind of service. Like when you have clients that you're working with, especially as an entrepreneur and stuff, it's you're learning by working with them. You know, like you're learning more from your students or more from your clients or whatever else uh, than anything else. They're your biggest teachers. So it's like a double benefit. Like I often look at it the same way. Like you're getting paid number one, which is great. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, But you're also learning and practicing your craft, you know? So it's such a, such a blessing to be able to do that. Right. And I was just, I was not the highest priced person in the Mm. neighborhood. Believe me. Like there was, decorators do you feel like like you had a hard time valuing yourself oh definitely at first it was really uncomfortable and un like it was really uncomfortable (laughs) and you almost like give stuff away because you're not believing that you're actually getting paid to do it and then it's like well what's the value on this because like you know that you're worth a lot yeah and you know that you're worth like what you're doing is worthy and it's hard to compare, you know, artists, it's hard for artists to compare each other. You can't really compare yourself to somebody else because it's still original art. Right. And, and that's something that's hard to sell to certain people is that this is my hand. It's not their hand. Um, a lot of the artists that I would have come in and help 
I would go over their work. They mm-hmm. would do like it started on some things and then I would go over and blend it in so that it was my hand at the final like end. Um, and that's not saying that they were bad or they were doing something wrong. It was just the hand. We're all different. We're all going to do our artistic. Yeah. You each have your own style and our own style. Much. You can't really, they're all unique in their it's own way. It's all unique. Yeah. So it's really hard to, so a lot of times, uh, a lot of jobs I just did myself because, um, unless they were just too big that I needed assistance and, um, yeah, I've, I've quoted some unreal projects before that I never (laughs) dreamed I would be quoting even. How did it feel like the first time that you got, like, what was the biggest project? The, the, the first not, Financially? Yeah, financially. The, <laughs> for the one that you got, like, the first time you got a huge project. How much was it for? It's like a $30,000 $30,000 for, like, what period I've of work? I've painted this person's whole house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's insane. And it how long did that insane. take you? Three years. Three years. Gotcha. So, it's not like it was, like, 10 year, one year, you know? Sure, sure. So, it's not, like, all at once. So, but you still, can't get real excited commitment. about that. Like, but it's a big commitment. Right. And and it's nice knowing that you have that stream of income coming in. And, and they were flexible. That, before you got that $30,000 deal, was that like a huge jump for you? Or was it kind of like a... It's a big jump. It was a big jump. How did it feel to be... It's, suddenly it's like, hey, here's thirty grand. Well, it doesn't come <laughs> all at once like that. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> like informationally, nice? like, I like think, they said, okay, I want to hire you for $30,000. Like, of course, they didn't give it to you right away, but... I had bid a $60,000 job. Wow. That was my biggest bid uh, for a mural. Right. And I thought that was pretty crazy. But it was for a museum and um, I actually didn't really want it because at the time I was doing so much. I was going through so many other, I had so much other work coming in from different places on the graphics side mm-hmm. of things that... uh I was like, I don't know how I'll be able to get that done unless I hire a team of people. And um, you have to be able to trust that those people can do it in your time frame, get those things done right, and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of involved scaffolding, you know, things like that, because the, the space was pretty large. And so um, I actually didn't want it. <laughs> Just because it wasn't in alignment with... It would have taken me all year and yeah, it would have cost, it would have cost me, you your time. It would have cost me a lot of time and it would have cost me my other jobs. Mm. And I had run into that before um, because I've taken some pretty large graphic projects too. So my largest graphic project was like roughly 40 grand. Here's a question for you because, you know, somebody who's really trying to vibe and attract more business in their life, more opportunity, create their life, manifest, all this kind of stuff we're talking about. Ultimately, let's say, you know, we 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 cross that bridge and we get to the point where we're attracting a lot in our life and we're bringing those things in. I think sometimes it feels like a shotgun approach in the sense that you you open the floodgates and a lot of stuff comes in, but then you have to decide where to say no. Do you know what I mean? Because like once you start vibing... Well, at first, like when it starts, like working, certain things aren't going to be in alignment. You can't have with... any expectation, right? You can't have a dollar sign on your brain every time you go out the door, mm. and you have to be 
in service for the people that you're working with. And don't worry about the money. The money will come when you take that fear of not coming, getting any money out of the equation. And um, that's been true like my whole entire career. It just, you're attracting it through your ability to engage with others and be flexible um, and provide them with something that they're looking for in the best possible way that you can do it. How do you deal with, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the the doubt, let's say the self-doubt or just plain old doubt, because really, let's say, you know, it's, I, I'm in a total agreement with you as far as, okay, always focus on service, always focus on value. If you're focused on contribution, on giving, you will always get it. It will always come to you. However, you know, I could admit, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that there's times when it's like, okay, you know, know. when is it coming? <laughs> right? You know, like you go through these waves, obviously, and you do sometimes you're on a down, you're on a downturn and it challenges you, you know, you, especially if you're self-employed, especially if you're entrepreneurial and, you know, it's not like you have a regular paycheck, you know, uh, you might in some sense, that's our goal is to create that steady source of income, but there are ups and downs, you know, and that's part of life. So how do you deal with, especially when it's like, okay, I'm in, it's really challenging me here. I'm not getting any income this month or whatever. I'm getting challenged like, and yet I still have to show up and be contributing and give value and, and just have faith, I guess. Like how do you, how do you overcome that? Like in, in periods when things are going a little bit slower for you, um, how do you handle those shadow phases? Those are interesting. I kind of go within, I kind of stop and evaluate where I'm at. Mm. And, you know, obviously if you're trying to create something, so what helps me is actually doing other things. Like, I mean, if I needed income and it wasn't working for me in what I'm currently doing, then I would get a job doing something else. So having some sort of plan B kind of thing, backup is generating something but not taking up all your time allows you to keep moving that forward so that you're never stagnant with, you know, income coming in. That's kind of how I've been. Did you think with that my waitress when I, for 10 years, so <laughs> that kind of makes you a little bit more um, savvy, I think hmm. as far as like, you know, you can do it. It gives you the confidence that you can be in front of people. You can talk, you can provide them a service and you can, um, kind of be in any kind of situation that you need to be for a temporary amount of time. Cause, cause people who usually do that don't, they go from place to place or they're not, yeah, they're not there forever. They're not there forever. It's a backup plan. What do you think most people's greatest challenges with so now kind of going back so there's that that first phase is, is i think like with this manifesting stuff that we're talking about like there's two phases there's that first phase of kind of realigning yourself to so you open up the floodgates and then once you open them up how do you you know handle all the stuff that's coming to you and organize it to where it's sustainable but that first phase going back to that first part which is okay 
like getting out of the rut of day-to-day life and figuring out your mission, your passion, creating your purpose. Like we're in your case, okay, let's let's talk about you and and kind of with your art. Were you did you always feel like this was what you were going to do in life? Like did you already know yeah, for a long time? I did. And what do you think? I mean, cuz I'm, you know, I'm the same way in the sense like I've always felt okay, I, I got to do something creative. I always had some sort of autonomy. But for most people, they're walking around, you know, we've kind of just accepted the the cards that life has dealt. And I believe everybody has a gift. Everybody has I something totally that they're that. good at in some way. Definitely. It doesn't have to be necessarily art or create, you know, being you know, a painter or a sculptor or anything like that. But we all have a creative gift in some way that we can contribute. So uh, in that sense, I think everybody has a, a path that they can walk. So how... How do those? How do we get to that first phase of just unlocking those, those gates, those floodgates? How do? What is the thing that's stopping most people? You know, just keeping in the in the rat race, grinding away, and then not think, questioning if they have a higher purpose, not questioning if right. You know, like it's hard to. Uh, that's a tough one because, so, we are handed a bunch of beliefs as we, are children as we grow up, and one of those beliefs is that you can or cannot do something. So what I'm seeing right now is that there's a demographic of people who, whether whatever their life experiences, it's, it's not any fault of their own. It's just how they uh, came into being and, and who the people they are surrounded by possibly are giving them their beliefs and then that person, if you study anything about metaphysics and beliefs and all these things, then you can, um, then you know that we pick up certain beliefs and then we feel like they're our own, but they're really not our own. So I think what happens is, is that dulls the spirit. It dulls the person's spirit towards what is really in alignment with themselves. Mm. And it can take them a lifetime to get to being able to be still enough to hear what's really in their spirit and what they, I was just telling the story, I think yesterday (laughs) about how say you really have a knack for gardening and you love gardening, but you're an engineer and you grew up because your dad was an engineer. You became an engineer and you followed suit with the family, but you hate it, hate it, hate it. And you're a miserable person. You're terrible to be around your family hates you and, and your people that you work with don't like to be around you, but you're, you're, you know, gosh, darn it. You're an engineer and you, you did all this to prove, you know, that you could do it. And, but you decide one day, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to open up a garden because that's what I love to do. That's what you always should have done from the get go. Mm. Like, like those people who end up drastically changing their life because they get to this point where they just can't take it anymore. And then you see that person now, they're happy. They're wonderful to be around. Their family loves them again. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in alignment. They're basically. in alignment with basically with who they are. So getting into alignment is total key in helping people see what it is truly, what their gift is. And it starts with belief. And it starts with their belief structure because mm. you have to sit down and ask yourself, that's not even my belief. I mean, that's happened to me. Like I've been through the gamut with that. And it's like, whose belief is that? Hmm. Oh, 
I remember that person saying this when I was a small child. Oh, you know, so you pick up all these beliefs that we're not taught anything about belief structure. It's just now becoming known about how those beliefs create your life. And the more like your friends' beliefs contribute to your life. Yeah, don't they say like you're the you're the average sum of like the five people you hang out with most? Or exactly, like <laughs> it's so true. So the people that you align yourself with, once you start realizing the awareness, once you start getting the awareness, that changes everything, mm. and then it changes everything with who you hang out with. To it could be your partner, it could be you know, and and then it's like, what are you gonna? What are you willing to settle for? Do you want to be in this like position? It's not bad. It's not your alignment possibly, but I don't know. I can't speak for other people and I can't yeah, judge that either right. because because that's an individual choice. So, I mean, for me. I think once you become aware of it though, I think what it is, you can't, like un- awareness doesn't go backwards. Do you know what I mean? Like awareness doesn't go, like when you find out something or you become aware, you don't become unaware of it. Like it doesn't go right. backwards. So I think you're right that it's a choice every, we all have to make. But ultimately, when once you become aware of your purpose, once you become aware of you, what your passion is, what your gifts are, that you, the time is only moving forward, Right. you don't forget that. Like it's like, okay, when you truly realize the cost of your time and how this is just a finite little ride that we're all on. Right. Uh, I think that that's when the process starts. That's when the unraveling starts. And for everybody, it's different in the sense of how long and how much resistance will you have to work through until you make that leap right. into your passions. Right. You know, and maybe that doesn't mean quit your job. You know, nobody's necessarily saying that, but maybe it means being more authentic with with your life. Right. And I'm not like... I mean, I have made some good money, but I'm not like where I guess if I wanted to manifest more, then I could manifest more. Yeah. Um, but I have to look at those people who are doing what I, where I want to be and see what they're doing and what that looks like. And is that right for me? And that kind of thing, because... Well, even with money too, they say over anything over seventy five thousand is not like it, your happiness doesn't. It's increase. not based <laughs> on how much money you make, right? It's up. They they figured that pretty much up to about seventy five. I mean, at least in the U.S., I guess maybe it's relative for every country, obviously, but up to about seventy five thousand, money makes a difference in the quality of your experience. But after that, it doesn't tend to do that anymore because again right. more money more problems in that sense so it's not i mean i'm not bashing you know obviously having income is nice but yeah but it doesn't mean it's not the end all be all it's not the end all be all right yeah it's really about being in alignment with your passion with having meaningful work right right wasn't there that study on uh longevity right. i think that was like one of the longest studies on longevity they found their two most important parts to health and longevity First one is having a purpose in life, having some sense of integration with society, right? You know, and, and having connections with people, like friendships, yeah, and, most and, definitely, you know, good relationships. Like the health of your relationships determines your health. True, because we're constantly, you know, 
pulling that energy from everybody else, right? Like you said, we're always hanging out with people and yeah. taking in their energy. Right. Hmm. And it's interesting now I have this probably the last six months, I feel like my awareness has really changed a lot. Way. I don't know if it's age or what, but you can, you can, I can see things a little differently hmm. and I'm trying to practice more awareness in my everyday life so that I can catch myself to be like in terms of your own behavior or uh yeah i would say in in how i speak to people and um my contribution to you know because because there's so much to this dynamic that we're in as far as this universe and and we're just little cells <laughs> we're just a bunch of the cells you know running around on a tiny on speck a, of dust <laughs> on a watery rocky <laughs> planet <laughs> right that's funny i mean with uh with millions of vibrations going on at the same time can you can you imagine that I, this pulls me away it's a little bit off topic but i mean I just remember this this old saying uh, that by the, when they first sent the Voyager out, I think, and it took a picture of the Earth from like Saturn's rings or something like that, and you see this little speck of dust, <laughs> like that's Earth, you You're know, like, and that's, that's not us. even that's not even outside the solar system, and right? you know, it's just I think of that and it just blows my mind, you know, when you when you have that perspective, when you change, we're talking about awareness, right? Like yeah. when you see things, just to see things differently, like you can't unsee that. When no. you get that that Earth is that small, like every conflict, every worry, every emotion, every triumph, it's all been on that tiny little speck of dust. Right. And and that's it. So it's like, okay, what am I getting all anxious about? Like, here's right. the present moment. Right. I'm, I'm here with some gifts. I'm here with my own life history and my own challenges. You know, let me right. figure out what am I here for? It's, it's such an opportunity. A mystery. <laughs> Isn't it? It's all a mystery. It's a big mystery. And it's fascinating. What do you feel has shifted for you in the last, like you said, six months? Like what's been the biggest the biggest thing that's shifted for you with everything that's happened? Because um, you got to have a lot of new adventures. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started another business. Yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting, so I'm painting again, which okay. is good because that's really who I am. And that's really where I'd like to be most days. Um, but because I'm, you know, work, you know, still working and making a living as a graphic designer, I'm still doing that too, but um, I opened a studio so that I could paint out of it. And yeah, that's really um, exciting do some things there and that's been exciting um because i hadn't really anticipated that uh, ever happening mm. it just kind of the universe so you weren't planning for you weren't basically I was visualizing looking, or, or no, kind of hoping for that pretty much just kind of happened yeah i was just uh walking around town one day and looking for some studio space and mm. taking pictures of different real estate signs yeah and uh ended up walking into uh, a guy's studio where he was retiring hmm. and uh, ended up taking over that. So inspiring to see around, especially around here in Cave Creek area, there's so many artists, but it's like 
especially like they're in their 80s. Like yeah. that just blows me away. Right? <laughs> Holy smokes, man. They're trailblazers. Like that is inspiring. I have to so get one of these inspiring. guys on the show and interview them because like to I'm be. I'm going to be working till I'm uh, like. Literally till... like you're 80 and you're at the top of your creative career. That's talk about manifesting your right? life. I mean that. That's really inspiring because it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter. That's that's I think that's why it's so important. It doesn't matter what where you're at in life. We all have different sprouting times, right? Right. I guess my takeaway and my awareness right now is is I wish I didn't succumb to the belief structure that wasn't my own. Hmm. And but at the same time, I'm grateful for all the struggle that I had to go through to get to where I'm at now because I'm entering back into that arena with a different set of tools. Mm. So like I can do all my, all my own marketing. I can do all of my own web designing. I can do, there's so many things that I can do that are a lot of others, other artists aren't able to do. Um, if I had not, um, if I had just pursued my art and nothing but that, but who knows? You know, I wasn't in that, I wasn't, I wouldn't be in this place where I'm not at right now, um, had I have done that. So what do you think helped you like see your, the beliefs that weren't working for you, mm -hmm. especially let's say recently, or, you know, as you're entering this new phase of your life creatively, what, what do you think helped you see that? Like, did you, did you do anything practice, you know, in specific, did you have a any kind of work, you know, with other people, let's say, or seminars, like do books, like what, what exactly, was it just life, you know, something happened and you're like, you know, I think it's just life yeah. and knowing that, cause I am still in corporate yeah, and although I'm really like, I enjoy that to a certain degree. Yeah. Obviously that's like, not like where I'm going to be when I'm 80 is, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, painting still, you know, painting and doing, contributing great pieces of artwork for people who uh, enjoy it. I think that uh, my change in my awareness mm -hmm. of that yeah. is that I started, so a lot of times when you start meta, when you start doing metaphysics, uh, certain things come to you that you're not expecting. So it's kind of like the teacher appears, right? So when the student is ready, when the student is <laughs> yeah. ready, the teacher appears the same thing with material on metaphysics. When you're ready, that information will come to you. Mm. Um, and I started listening to Neville Goddard who started manifesting and talking about, he was a, he was the new thought leader of his time. I think in the thirties started in the thirties and went into 1974. Wow. But I think faith has a lot to do with that too. And I'm not super, I'm more spiritual than a practicing religious person. But I think having faith and looking at the creator, the source, and taking inspiration on on what and tuning into the source energy of the planet, your vibration, beautiful things, living things, being able to just go into nature and, and see beauty or looking at something somebody wrote and seeing the beauty in something somebody wrote. Those Maybe are cultivating all cultivating your ability to appreciate and kind of be 
great. Be connected, yeah. Yeah, and be, and be in gratitude. gratitude, yeah. Yeah, I think having my gratitude practice, I do do a gratitude practice that I've been doing for the last three years. Nice. Uh, solidly every day for at least, I write down at least 12 things I'm grateful for every day. Hmm. And when I don't do it, I feel like... You can feel it. Discombobulated yeah. a little bit. Same. I feel like it's literally like you didn't take your medicine. Like the days that I you don't totally do it in the morning, I just get so much crankier. I right. complain so much more. Leave me alone. I want to go do my gratitude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so crazy. It really does wire your brain, you know, and it's our brain is so predisposed to just complaining and seeing right. where we are ultra, you know, I interviewed this... Uh, this guy is uh, really cool, Dr. Dr. Dawson Church on a previous episode of the show. And anyway, he wrote this book called Mind to Matter. Sounds familiar. Really cool book. If, you, if you're listening, check it out. It's a really, really cool book. But anyway, we were talking about how basically if you can imagine primitive man, right? Like in primitive terms, like a million years ago or whatever it was. And you've got two specimens. One of them is like super optimistic and like friendly and, you know, let's say genetically, biochemically, they're more open, they're more loving, whatever, right? Then you've got another of their siblings who's like very cynical and like very shrewd, you know, always looking out for danger, like this kind of thing. Right. Well, unfortunately, the second one is going to be the one that survives because the one that's very naive and, you know, let's say optimistic, <laughs> unfortunately, they're probably going to get eaten, you know? So you've got this process of elimination over and over and over throughout the centuries of the people who actually survived were right. the ones who focused on the negative because you uh -oh. had to, <laughs> right. you had to focus right. on, the, on what was dangerous, on what was, you know, conserve the energy, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, now in the modern age, you know, our brain is ultra, ultra, masterful at finding things that are always not working oh totally it's like, god if you don't practice appreciation every day these simple things it sounds so cliche but just going out in nature seeing the beauty yeah in life seeing you know the mystery of of creation you know all these type of types of things it's like just being able to connect to that on a daily basis really i think some of the answers just come to you you know you don't have to think very hard Right. But if you don't stop yourself, right? We were talking about stopping. Yeah. You're going so fast all the time. With Yeah, I do a, uh, well, I have a dog and uh, I walk the dog every day for a half hour hmm. without fail, like for the last six years. And then I had a dog before that and a dog before that. So I've been walking dogs for <laughs> like, I think since 2000 and <laughs> since 1998. So I've had a dog wow. since then. So every day I walk for a half hour. So that's kind of my brain dump. And I... They actually say actually walking is really good for being creative. Great for being creative. Like if you want to just take a like a break and go walk, yep. like you'll reboot your creative mind. Totally. Or go for a run yeah. or do some kind of exercise. Mm -hmm. um, that has helped me I think outside too. Like it's better than going on a treadmill yes. or something. Like you have to... Disconnect. Exactly. You got to disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to disconnect from people and things. And, like, the, the fun thing about, like, up here and, like, walking around up here is you never know what you're going to run into. Hmm. So you could run into – we have all kinds of animals out here. Yeah, for sure. So you run into rattlesnakes. You run into <laughs> javelinas. You run into scorpions. I just stepped on a scorpion the other day. Oh, my God. It was God. the weirdest thing I've ever done. I can't stand scorpions. And I had a bare feet, and I was I jumped, like, five feet in the air. It was so funny. 
<laughs> he didn't sting you. It didn't sting me. But wow. He didn't survive. Yeah. Because they're just a crustacean or something. Like they're, they don't have arthropod or whatever. Bones. Yeah. They have, but it's weird because they're cold. Like I was telling somebody yesterday about it. I was like, the weird thing is it felt cold on the bottom of my foot and then just kind of bony, like mm-hmm. a bony, crunchy thing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we have lots of uh, deer, and it's just kind of fun living out mm. in the elements. Anything you're excited for that's coming up in your life, like you're right um, now? I'm excited to start doing some mentoring with people. Yeah, okay, nice. Um, like coaching? I'd like to do some coaching with some people yeah. and uh, help other artists uh, discover their selves again or get rid of the belief structure that they've got mm-hmm. stuck so that they can keep moving forward um, and doing what they love yeah. and happily creating. I think the planet would be happier if everybody was happy. And I think that's a good way to give back for all the stuff that I've been given and uh, the knowledge that I've learned and hmm. that kind of thing. Cool. It kind of does come full circle with like, like when you're in a field for so long. Yeah, your your cup fills up and it's like the only natural feeling is you want to pour it out and give it to somebody. Right. And I would just really like to help people not make the same mistakes I did or yeah. go through or or actually even like realize their potential so they could be even greater than mm-hmm. what they are. Because that to me would be really cool to, to be able to do is to just give that person the coaching that they need so that they don't have to struggle, that they can go beyond their limits. Because part of the thing that I realized as where I'm at now is I didn't push myself hard enough. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't get rid of the distractions soon enough. And then once I got the, once I got to a point where, so I went through some ups and downs in life as people do. And the people I was around were not supportive and I think that that is that if I would have had a mentor if I would have had someone to talk to to well, gain got a better back on track to gain per, better perspective of who I was and where I really wanted to be then I think that would have helped I think everybody needs a mentor hmm. and whether they're willing to admit it or not I mean there's a lot of people who are really driven and really succeed but they have issues in other areas of their life Mm. so yeah there's always a part of our life that is shrouded in ignorance right (laughs) in some way or another and and life is moving so fast like Mm. just the last two days like i noticed that time is like did it speed up again because it keeps speeding up Mm. and it seems like we have less and less in the day the more yeah the more you the more you create the more you do it's like the faster time i was just i was just talking to somebody about this the other day how slow time was when we were like in eighth grade. I know, right? Like you, I remember getting <laughs> off the bus. It'd be like three in the afternoon or something and go home. And it was like, those days were so long. They like, were so a long. A school year to me was an eternity. I was right. like, oh my God, by the time the school year's over, it's going to be like eight years. You I know? know. And now, you know, at the time of this recording right now, it's pretty much almost the end of 2019. We're going to be 2020 next year. Right. Like 2020, that's like... <laughs> That's five years past the Back to the Future date. Like, right. we're going to have like 
flying right. cars. Like, this is insane to me. I would love flying cars. Yeah. I think that would be a blast. I'll wait, I'll wait and see how the first set do. Just like with the first Uber, uh, the automated cars. Right. We already had some accidents. So I'm going to wait for them to perfect their formula. But can you imagine even that with, with flying cars? Like, okay. Or even just automated cars. Imagine what a paradigm shift it'll be if our commute time gets freed up to do other stuff. Right. Wouldn't that be like something? That would be something. You just get in your car and you do the rest of your work for an hour or whatever, then it doesn't matter, you know? I should look for the uh, the contract to do the graphics for that yeah. <laughs> spaceship. Got to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very lucrative one, I think. That would be really good. Yep. See, that's what I mean. I think that I didn't, I didn't, like I'm grasping so much more in the manifesting arena right now that I ever have before in my whole entire life. And I know that that's part of the new vibration that's out there, um, which is really exciting because I started manifesting with Florence Shovel Shin in 2003. And now it's what, 15 years later. And the universe has like catapulted everyone into a new uh, energy. And so um, I think people are, picking up on it more now mm. than ever before. Um, kids are going to school on the internet, not going yeah, to actual classrooms. Shift, People are working from home instead of actually going into offices. That's a huge movement forward with how things will be in the future. I think coaching will be a big part of it too, as, as I think people... So are looking to up level their life to basically find their passion, you know, get, get straight on themselves, find their calling. You're going to also have a lot of people who are going to be helping, yes. helping that along. So I think coaching is so important. Right. I do too. Such a big part of, of the future. Yeah. I think there's, and too, like just to help guide that passion and drive so that it's not, so that they don't have the fears that we had or or the distractions the, too you know like this new generation is going to have so many distractions i mean i i even just think like like okay if you're born today right now 2019 by the time you're i don't know even 16 17 18 like you're gonna i don't even know what the world's gonna look like 18 years from now but can you imagine like they're not gonna have they're not gonna be driving their own cars right they're probably gonna have some sort of integration with technology in their body Right. Like biometrics of some kind to oh. enhance performance and focus, you know, like right. their, you know, their food is probably going to be totally different. Like well, I'll be plant-based. There's all be plant-based. There's so many things going to be so different. And, and it's like, it's so easy to get distracted with all that new technology. Even now kids are like getting depressed because they're on Instagram. They're posting it likes, you know, they're basically having all kinds of social meltdowns in, in ways that you and I and other people, you know, in our generation never, had yeah. those kind of distractions or social issues, you know, like novel problems. Right. So it's interesting because I think in that sense, coaching will really help as well to to guide people, like you said, both to help them find what it is they are, but also help them not get distracted because we're so bombarded with stuff. Right. I think all the time. I think that goes back to sports mm. because I think having a physical fitness, especially as a creative, you have to have a place to just let it all go mm. or some, some way of physically releasing and it. like with your background, you understand like you have to release some of that pent up energy. Yeah. Um, because once you do that, then it calms you, you're down. 
so that you can create. I think a lot of us creatives are very ADD in some way, totally. right? So, <laughs> you saw my office. How many computers can I have yeah. sitting at my desk? It's like split your chameleon eyes in two so you can watch five monitors. And am I PC today or am I Mac? Because I'm doing both. A little buffet of both flavors. Yeah, I mean, you and know. if I could work 24 hours, I probably Focus would. is the key, right? Like that's really what it comes down to is focus. Yeah. I have, like, I think that, well, I was a swimmer. I swam for 15 years. So I had a lot of time to meditate in the pool. <laughs> but one of the things that I heard as I was growing up was, you don't hear me. You're never hearing me. I think part of that was I was so focused as a kid mm. that I wouldn't even hear people come up like and talk to me or Got it. stuff like that. I was just a focused. I had like an ability to focus. Hmm. And I think that that goes back to awareness and being focused on being able to channel inside and see who you truly are mm. and what you want to contribute to the world. Because basically, we're all contributing to the world in some way. In one way or another, yeah. We're we're contributing to our pool of people around us and and who we interact with on a daily basis and, and how that contribution can be uh, better and bigger than you had imagined that was one that was one of the guiding principles that helped me a lot was you know and trying to find impact and trying to find a purpose and all this kind of stuff it's always start with your circle first start with the circle that are people that are closest to you that are the the ones around you and figure out how can you contribute more to them how can you bring value to that circle and then you know expand outward because that circle is the one that's feeding you right now and as you expand and scale and grow outward you know it, you start with the people closest to you right. so that you know you can basically grow and right and like mending bad relationships is good mm. and and just getting rid of all of that going into forgiveness and forgive yourself that's really something i did this last year too is i gave myself permission to forgive myself mm. for anything that stopped me hindered me you know so I'm not where I thought I was going to be I still have a really good life and I am surrounded by good people and look at all those 80 year olds that are (laughs) painting you got a while (laughs) right 80 year old artists and all of their knowledge and guidance is amazing because they're at a point in their life where they have limited time Hmm. And so what it does is it puts you in a place of, oh my gosh, I got to hurry up and get some things done because we all have limited time, really. We don't know when our time is Mm. up. And I think that being able to just be a better version of yourself, I know that might be cliche for some people, but trying to be better at who you are can make the difference in somebody else's life, whether you find out about it or not it doesn't really matter it's just it's just being paying it forward and paying it forward i guess and it just and it just makes you happy wouldn't you rather be happy than trudging around, trudging around. <laughs> unhappy all the time yeah but it's funny you know it's uh we we choose trudging around because it's comfortable right and Some, uh, there's there's like there's 
There's some days. Because I look back at my life yeah. when I was trudging around. And, and now, again, awareness doesn't go backwards. But I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I put up with that for so long? How did I make those choices there, for so that. long? Been there, done that. And, I'm, and again, there's part of me that's like, I like how you brought up forgiveness, which is really important. But there's part of me that's like, God, I wasted my time. You know, I should be somewhere right now. It didn't I'm waste like, your time, though. Right, exactly. You're Everything, in the right time at the right place. Exactly. Doing Everything the right had thing. had to happen in a certain order for you to get the awareness that you are exactly. now. Exactly. There was no other recipe for you to get the awareness that you have now. Right. The universe Nothing. had to cook you with those experiences in that order <laughs> I so love that it. you would. He had to cook. They like that terminology. <laughs> yeah. The universe is It's like baking, cooking. very specific formula. Everybody has their <laughs> exactly. own. Exactly. It's a recipe. Know, it's a recipe. So your life story was your recipe. You yeah. Know? Everybody's life story is a recipe. Hmm. And it's, and I think because of maybe all the new um, evolvement of what's happening right now out there, there's a lot more communion with people. And I think obviously you have to seek it out instead of seeking out not so good experiences, seek out as the best experiences you can ex- experience. Things that feed your soul. Things that feed you instead of dredging into those other areas that are kind of wasting. I mean, I've been there. I've wasted a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasted a, a lot of time. And yeah. I'm okay with that. Like I forgive yeah. myself for, for doing whatever I did to up until this point because I had to go through those experiences to get where I'm at. Yeah. And it's okay. Hmm. And sometimes it's like, Sometimes you want to beat yourself up way more than you should because if you sit down and look at all your accomplishments and you start writing out, hey, I did that. Hey, I did that. Those are all really good accomplishments. Yeah, once you actually take stock, I mean, there's, again, your mind focuses on the negative, but there's so much that happens to us that it's it's not all negative. It's not wasted time. You just have to look and take the time to index your life and say, what, what right. am I grateful for? Like, wow, I learned so much from those old experiences or right. you know, and, whatever else. And evolving, if you look at your parents and you look at your life right here, look how much what, how much more evolved we are. And then the mm. younger generation, they're going to be even more evolved. Yeah. Know, hopefully, right? Hopefully. <laughs> some, they might be having Some robots, people are saying they're not, but, but uh, I think they're going to be way more evolved than we are. And... We have to be okay with that hmm. as we're getting, you know, older. Like I remember when I was little, it was black and white TV. Now nobody's even now watching, you're watching TV. TV on your phone. Yeah. On Netflix or now YouTube. You're walking around with a phone that you don't have plugged into a Crazy. wall <laughs> or your computer for that matter. Or, and then pretty soon it'll all be some simulation of yeah, some sort. Yeah, via virtual reality room that you step into. Right. And we could be in a virtual reality already. That's entirely possible. So, <laughs> so that goes into... How would you know, right? <laughs> right. How would we know until we get unplugged? And then once we're unplugged, it's like, oh... That I was- only say maybe... I found myself in this particular conversation with a lot of my friends lately, but it's like, what if this is a game... And the game is that you realize that it's a game. That is. That it, there is nothing for you to win or try or like push. But the game, like let's say you log into this game and, you know, it's so convincing that you have to try all this stuff and push and push and push. But the whole game is for you to figure out that it's a game. 
despite all the things that are telling you that, oh my God, you got to survive, you got to push, you got to make it. Dun, you know? dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's I'm in the lifting book. up the book, The Game oh. of Life. Oh, and how oh to, is that what And how to play it. <laughs> written funny. by Florence Trouble Shin in the 1800s. Wow. That's and funny. it's all based on the, uh, the Old and the New Testament. It's amazing how I'll run into people who, like, I've only run into, well, actually, I've only run into one person that this is my favorite book of life. And I was camping in the the Mohegan Rim Mm. with some uh, family. And the person that we were going up there to see uh, owned the land. And we were all sitting around the campfire, uh, taking pictures and just hanging out. And we were like, so I asked him what his favorite book was, and he said that book. Game of Life. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. That's, wow. I've never met anybody who's got the same. Yeah, it was crazy. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. Like, of all places. Yeah, what are the odds? What are the odds? That of that? that would happen there. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was pretty Boy, crazy. Well, you know what they say. There's no coincidences. I mean, the things that happen that are uh, serendipitous, there's always some little thing that connects us to. Did you... He was family member? This no, actually, he was a friend of the family, and he's a healer now. He used to be a producer in Hollywood. Oh, wow. So he's I always find I always find it interesting, like, when you have those little moments of, like, it's like a sign that, hey, you got to dig a little deeper here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a little breadcrumb from the universe. Like, yeah. whenever there's a little happenstance or serendipity type of moment like that, it's, oh, it's always a sign that, hey... You're you're getting the breadcrumbs like keep moving down right. this path for some reason on there. Right. Yeah, he was a he was a Hollywood producer and mm. had a psychic abilities and one day he went into the MGM studio and something told him that he needed to go and do something completely different with his life and wow. so he did. And so now he's a healer. Mm. And uh it's real interesting. Mm. But yeah, that was his favorite book and I was like that is um, unreal. Just unreal. I'll have to check it out. The Game of Life. By Florence Shovelshin. That's a good book. Well, it's... what are you most grateful for right now? Final question. Um, oh, <laughs> be hanging out with you and doing this interview. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, this has been fun. I'm grateful that I have ignited my passion for art again. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the new manifestations coming to create this mentoring program that I'd like to do and I'm grateful for my husband and my family of course and my dog who gets me up to walk every morning (laughs) dogs are awesome she's awesome (laughs) she's sleeping the whole interview she likes to hear me talk (laughs) she's hanging out on the floor but yeah no I'm grateful for the interview and uh, hanging out with you it's been good awesome yeah that's been awesome old times good times All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my great friend, Michelle Hutchins. And I hope that it's inspired you to look at your own life and ask yourself, what is it that you want? You know, what is it that you truly want? Who are you? Why are you doing what are you doing? What is possible for you? What is coming up next? And then take these questions in your hand and take action with 
them consistently to manifest your life. Remember, manifestation is an art, and it all starts with the beliefs in our heads. And these beliefs get amplified through relentless, relentless action. So again, if you want to stay in touch with Michelle, if you want to get coaching from her, if you find yourself relating to this episode in that way, you can get in touch with her at gallerymichelle.art. It's gallery, G-A-L-L-E-R-Y-M-I-C-H-E-L-E dot art. So Michelle with one L. So go check her out. She's got some amazing art on there as well as, again, you can get in touch with her if you're looking for some of that uh, help and coaching and business coaching as an artist. She's very, very experienced at what she does. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with my inspiring guest, Michelle Hutchins. Make sure you subscribe for weekly episodes like these, and don't forget to share this with one person in your life that needs to hear today's message on manifestation. You can also tag me with your biggest takeaway from today's conversation at Tudor Alexander Official on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And let's remember our quote from the beginning of this episode. The law of life is the law of belief. A belief is the thought in your mind. Do not believe in the things that harm or hurt you. Believe in the power of your subconscious to heal, inspire, strengthen, and prosper you. According to your belief, it is done to you. That's Joseph Murphy, PhD. Remember, 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 it all starts with belief. Your belief truly creates your reality. I hope this has inspired you to believe that in this episode and to really connect to it. Because if we want to become masterful painters of our future pictures, I always like to say that, We have to master the art of manifestation, and that starts with what we believe. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Tune in on Monday as we continue our special series on building a daily gratitude practice, part three, uh, habit number three, to go outside. Super, super important habit. And remember, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more episodes and weekly content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.